This is an ABC podcast. Well, 2023 has been a very strange year in science from a tiny radioactive capsule, no larger than a pea, uh, falling off the back of a truck in Western Australia, NASA releasing a major report on UFOs and Taylor Swift fans call, uh, causing a so-called Swift quake. Her, of course, who could forget about the woman with an eight centimetre round worm live and wriggling, pulled from her brain. Apparently she's doing well. To give us the rundown of this year's best and weirdest science stories, Dr Joe Milton is from the Australian Science Media Centre. Long time no speak, Joe. Good to have you back. Hi, Andy. Great to be back. Let's recall this radioactive capsule that went missing over in Western Australia. What exactly happened in this story? Yeah, that's right. So... Um you know, if you're ever having that bad day at work, you can always think, well, at least I've never lost a radioactive source <laughs> off the back of a lorry. Um, and this was this, like you said, no bigger than a pea, little radioactive capsule that's used in the mining industry. Uh, belonged to the to Rio Tinto, the mining company. And when it was in the truck being transported from a mine in the Pilbara region in WA to Perth, um, it, it fell off the back of a lorry, essentially. Crazy, you couldn't make it up. Um, now, it's a, a sealed little thing, so it's, it means that it wouldn't have contaminated uh, the, the soil that it landed on, but it's still pumping out radiation, two different types of radiation, uh, gamma rays and beta rays. So if you pick that thing up and put it in your pocket, you could expect some pretty nasty burns, and it would be like being exposed to about 10 x-rays an hour. Um, now, you might think that's unlikely, that someone would find it and pick it up. But it's actually happened before, um, at least once in Peru and at least twice in China. And in the case of the, the Chinese guy who found a, a radioactive source and took it home, well, his family died of radiation poisoning. So pretty nasty stuff. And thankfully, we found it. <laughs> yeah, you can't help but wonder how those conversations went in, uh, in the office that day. So have you got it? No, no, I thought you had it. And then the next four weeks are spent trying to find this tiny pill. Um, NASA started taking UFOs seriously in 2023, at least publicly. The space agency released a highly anticipated report about unidentified aerial phenomena uh, in September. What did this have to say? Because there's a lot of internet verbiage about this, but what did NASA actually say? Well... They said, we don't know, I'm afraid. They said, I'm afraid the truth's still not out there, Andy. Um, so what they, they said was there's no evidence that aliens are behind all these reporting of sightings and things like that, including some from people in the military. Uh, you know, it's not all from people on the fringes of society, if you like. Um, so they said there's no evidence it's aliens, but they didn't rule it out. And they did admit there, and I quote, the possibility of unknown alien technology operating in Earth's atmosphere. So that's probably got our UFO hunters out there quite excited, just as a phrase. Um, so why didn't they have a, a more conclusive answer? Well, really, because most of the, the sightings that we have, the data is just not reliable. The accounts aren't very consistent. You've probably noticed yourself if you've ever had a look for the kind of photos that people claim show UFOs that most of them are pretty unconvincing. Yeah, a hub, a hubcap um, thrown off a roof, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. So what they're trying to do is try and get more reliable information, really. So they're going to um, put together a kind of app, uh, and they've appointed a director of what they call UAPs, but of course it's UFOs to you and me, um, and the public will be asked to report any incidents, any close encounters, if you like, through that app. 
and they're hoping to build up a bit more of a, a reliable database of information that can then be analysed, partly in help, uh, partly with help again from the public. Moving on to easily the most disgusting, revolting story, <laughs> I think, that uh, crossed our uh, internet uh, this year, was this brain worm. And uh, the story behind it was actually quite fascinating. If you listen to it from a medical perspective, not from any, a kind of instinctual uh, feeling of wanting to run the opposite direction. This woman was a, uh, 64 years old uh, and this, well, Canberra doctors revealed they'd removed an eight centimetre round worm from her brain. Tell me, where did it come from? What happened for this worm or the larva to enter her body? Uh, yeah, so what we think happened is she was out foraging for native plants, specifically warrigal greens, which are a bit like spinach, um, around a lake. Um, and she probably came into contact with uh, the, the poo of a carpet python because the, the worm itself, it's a parasite of the, the carpet python. Now then somehow that, that poo would have had the eggs of the parasite in it and, you know, however... However it's happened, she's managed to ingest some of that, probably by not cleaning the, uh, the, the leaves thoroughly enough that she was going to eat. So it's then got into her body and uh, set up home in her brain. Um, and she got ill, unsurprisingly. You know, she started off getting like um, gastrointestinal cyst, uh, symptoms, gut pain, diarrhea. So nobody really thought a parasite was to blame for that. But then about a year later, her memory and her thinking abilities started to go a bit wonky. Um, at, the, at that point, doctors recommended she have brain scans done. Um, and that revealed the culprit, this worm in there. Now, they couldn't really tell what it was at that point, so it was still a bit of a shock for those surgeons when they went in there and they pulled out what was a live worm still wriggling. In fact, I actually interviewed the neurosurgeon, uh, Dr. Bandy, who pulled out this worm. Uh, if it's your bag, you can listen to back to that on the ABC Listen app. <laughs> now, lastly, I want to confirm with you about this swift quake. Uh, apparently, a 2.3 magnitude earthquake was recorded because of Taylor Swift fans. Is it true? Yes. Um, there was basically so much ruckus from her concert in Seattle as part of that ERAs tour that we've heard a lot about. Uh, so much ruckus that it was picked up on seismographs, the instruments that we use to pick up earthquakes. And the, um, the impact of it was equivalent to a 2.3 magnitude earthquake. Um, and this is all according to a, a professional seismologist over there, Professor Jackie Kaplan-Auerbach. Um, now, she kind of leapt into action and uh, recorded all these readings um, and got on social media just to kind of highlight uh, what had happened to people. Um, and then also she compared it with another sort of similar event, and that was during an American football match when there was a touchdown by a guy called Marshawn Beast mode Lynch, so that's known as the Beast Quake, uh, and that was in that was in 2011. Now the Swift Quake was double that of the Footy fans, um, lasted much longer. And if you look at that, the readings from those instruments, you can see it's rhythmic. It follows the beat of her music. So it would have been a combination of those fans going crazy and screaming, 
the music itself, the really heavy bass, and them all jumping up and down as well made enough of a ruckus to get picked up on these earthquake-detecting instruments. See what we can do if we all do it together. It's, it's, there's a note of hope in there as we come into Christmas, I think, Joe. Uh, whether you like Taylor Swift or not, she certainly has the ability to make the earth move. Dr Joe Milton <laughs> is from the Australian Science Media Centre. Merry Christmas to you. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. You can discover more ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listener.